will come and greet us tonight with a word from the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be here again on a Wednesday night. And um, Pastor, as you know, has been speaking on Monday nights about the book of Revelation. And uh, Sister Tracy, I'm going to try that again. And let's see if you can get the document that I sent you. If not, I will be glad to go very slowly. Anyway, uh, while he was teaching on the 14th chapter of Revelation, I began to think about the things that are coming, and he talked about many different subjects. He's very good at keeping his lessons to an hour under. He's tremendous. I don't know how he does it with all that material, but it set my mind on a course. We've talked about Zion. How many of you were here for that lesson, Behold Zion? Well, there is a contrast to Zion. There always is a deceptive duplicate. Whatever the Lord does, the devil tries to duplicate and deceive people. And I want to talk about his counter to Zion. And it's called Babylon. And the lesson tonight is Zion versus Babylon. Where do you live? So Sister Tracy, if you could put up that first slide. It's kind of light in here, so it might be hard for you to see. That is a depiction of the Tower of Babel. There's been some discussion as to whether Babel and Babylon are similar, but I will tell you that the language used, whether it's in the Old Hebrew, in the Old Testament, or Babylon of the New, they both mean the same thing. And what they mean is confusion by mixing. Confusion. All right, now Zion, on the other hand, Babel, what man built, and Babylon, both of which mean confusion, both were built by men. Men are dominant. The center of everything in both Babel and Babylon is the influence of man, the decisions of man, the works of man, the opinions of man, and the ideas of man. Babel was built on... God destroyed the earth by a flood. We can avoid his judgment again. We'll just build a tower. And the Lord confused the language. Now let's just look at what Zion is. This was one of the first things that came to my mind when Pastor was talking about Babylon. And I think I have another slide up there uh, that shows the city of Babylon. And there it is. There are gates to this day that exist from the ancient city of Babylon. They're called the Gates of Ishtar. Sister uh, Joe Strand and I went to the British Museum and stood by some of the enormous lions that would have been at the Gates of Babylon. And they are overwhelmingly huge and imposing and make you feel small and insignificant. And I stood there and they say, do not touch, you know. And I was like, I don't have to touch it because I see that a man built that great lion, but I am an heir to the tribe of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah. We outlived that Babylonian empire. And it just gave me a thrill. But this was a man-made city. Now, they both began in confusion. The Bible says, for Zion, Zephaniah 3 and the ninth verse, 
uh, chapter 3 and verse 9. And Sister Tracy, I'll just give you time to find that. I sent those scriptures again. Then I will turn to the people a pure language, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. This is not confusion. This is everybody in agreement. And if you'll go to Acts 2 and 4, when the Holy Ghost fell, do you know what people do, were doing? They were speaking in other tongues, but everything they said had one thread in common. They were magnifying and praising God. Different languages, same praise. Different languages, worshiping God. So this is the difference already from the beginning in Babel, Babylon, and Zion. And this is important because you are seeing Babylon rise. You are seeing things you've never seen before. Now, my main text comes from Revelation, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 24. There's no way I can go through all of them. But I found contrast between this city that is going to be destroyed. Now, let's talk about whether or not it's an actual city or if it represents something man-made. I tend to think that Babylon represents an entire system that began with the tower. I think it's so much bigger than a city down here. I think it is an entire world system. I think that you could plug in throughout history, Tyre and Sidon, Nineveh. There have always been cities. Alexandria, Egypt, uh, Cairo. Uh, the city of Ramses, there has always been a city that embodied we are number one. All the wealth is concentrated here. People have to come here to get what they want. There are thousands of civilizations from the peninsulas on the Yucatan in Mexico all the way to Cusco, Peru, there have always been cities of conquest where one group conquered the other and everybody had to kowtow to them. That's a Babylonish city where there's one big guy in charge and everybody else has to do what I say. It's where all the wealth comes. It's where cruelty exists, great poverty, great wealth superiority. It's all Babylon, folks. And there have been cities that represent that idea throughout the ages. In this scripture, in Revelation, which is the revealing of Jesus, this is to make us see what kind of God we serve. After these things, 18 and 1, I saw another angel come down from heaven having great power. The earth was lightened with his glory. Verse 2, and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen twice, and is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit, a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Wow. So, Revelation, the angel comes down and says this thing, Babylon the Great. Now, what is he saying? Is he saying Babylon that was in Iraq? Is he talking about Basra? Is he talking about Jerusalem? Is he talking about Rome? How about Chicago? How about San Francisco? What's he talking about? 
that's too small. Those are just single cities where there's evil and wickedness. He's talking about the whole system built on commerce, who's making money, who's got the most, who's got the biggest, built on power and wealth. He said the whole system is coming down. And he says is fallen, is fallen twice. Now there are two falls. We know the fall of mankind. We know that this can mean a literal crash. Commerce ceases. Uh, everything ceases. Everything in the city is destroyed. The system just crashes. I kind of think we've seen that. Hello. The whole thing just crashes. And then it says again, is fallen. Now that's a different kind of fallen. Morally, spiritually, ethically, it means that the whole thing is so corrupt, there's nothing good in it. We're talking about a system that is completely corrupted. But Zion, on the other hand, in 1 Peter, the second chapter, and the ninth verse, you know, the city is made up of people. And this city, before you, before you go there, Sister Tracy, let's go to one of our slides. I want you to look at this. You saw the beautiful city of Nebuchadnezzar, and I don't know if you can see that. It's hard to see here. But up top, you see what Mount Zion is, innumerable company of angels. You see the host, the heavenly host. You see angels. When you look down here, do you know what you see? There are three kinds of inhabitants in Babylon. Now, this is a world system. Say, man, we, we are seeing stuff worldwide. The Bible says that this world system has become the home for three things. Devils. Devils. Said so that's what's going on in the system. Hell has opened itself up and there are people who have been willing to become vessels of those demonic spirits. That's what we're seeing. Okay? Devils, and then the next thing, every foul spirit. Now, he said the habitation, that means they stay there. They found a home. Do you remember when the devils came out of the man on the Isle of uh, the Gadarenes? And they asked Jesus, let us go inhabit something. What they asked to inhabit? The pigs. And immediately, those pigs were stampeded and they took life. What are the three things the devil comes to do? Steal, kill, destroy. So, I mean, all three things happened there. The devil stole the wonder of the man being healed. Okay? He killed all those innocent animals. And he destroyed somebody's livelihood. With, and people did not say, this is the most awesome thing I've ever seen. This man is worth easily 2,000 pigs. Babylon, please go away. Please go, we don't want your deliverance. Please go away, we like our pigs. Please go away. We like the way we're living here. We don't want to change. It's worth it to us. 2,000 pigs are worth one man full of demons. Let the man be consumed 
we'll keep the pigs. This is Babylon, folks. It's a beast. Then it says it's the hold. That means a hold is a place of defense. It's a place you build. You build and then you take shots out of it. This Babylonian system has gotten so bad. You say, well, is it in America? It's in every country on the face of this planet. They may speak a different language. They may have different customs and practices. But they are still practicing steel Kill, destroy. In every country, everywhere. You say, you, you are being cynical. I'm being biblical. The Bible says, this is what's happening. He said, every foul spirit. Well, I have seen some foul spirits emerging from cities in the United States. In the name of freedom. In the name of healing. In the name of bringing people together in the name of diversity, destruction, hurting, screaming, hating, cursing. And the Bible said you can't have both. You can't have blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth. We're in Babylon. Say amen. Then he said a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. He said demons, spirits, and and unclean. Now, you know what all three of these things have in common? They're airborne. They're airborne. And the Bible calls the devil the prince and power of the... And he operates through airwaves. He operates through media. He operates through a mass mob. It catches, and psychologists have studied mob mentality. People that are decent ordinarily, they get together, and a spirit starts going. And they become enraged, and then they become destructive. And you know what's underneath all of it? Wrath, anger. They don't all get together so that they can go build something quick. They all get together and pull down the goat poles. They all get together and light a car on fire. They all get together and start smashing windows. You never see, let's all get together and build something. Babylon. Hallelujah. So, what about Zion? Because we're in it, but we're not of it. Let's go to 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. This is what Zion says in response to demons and foul spirits and unclean birds. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He didn't say, go save Babylon. In fact, in one of the old prophets, it is written, we would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. And not long after that scripture says, come out from her. Come out from her, take refuge, because she's never going to accept Zion. There is a line being drawn right now between one system and another. You can see it. You say, well, are you trying to discourage me? I'm trying to encourage you to set your face like a rock. The Bible said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord right now. 
We believe you, Jesus, and we thank you. We're going to keep praising you. You're still delivering. You're still saving. You're real, and you're here now. Hallelujah. What are the inhabitants? The spiritual condition of Babylon is fallen. The spiritual condition of Zion is chosen. The inhabitants of Babylon are devils, foul spirits, and three kinds of evil. But let me tell you what the city of Zion is full of. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 22 through 24. You are come to Mount Zion. And to whose city? Who built this city? God built this city versus man. We're coming right down to it. Now we're getting ready for the big showdown. And you know who it's against? It's God versus man. Exactly what it is. He's going to bring the nations together. You know what? The spirit of rebellion, the Bible said, is bound up in the heart of a child. This is all about submitting now, willingly, or rebelling to the end. And when you read the book of Revelation, you're going to find that when the Lord starts, even after the church is gone, there are going to be people, it doesn't matter when they, when, when they begin to burn from the extreme heat of the sun, they're never going to repent. The Bible said they will, they would not repent, but cursed God, shook their fists at the heavens and cursed God. You say, well, you know, I, I, they can change. There comes a point when people literally choose... I am not going to bow my knee. But oh, thank the Lord, we are not among those. We serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. You say, we're not a big crowd. Hallelujah, where two of us are. The spirit of the Lord is in our midst. He said, I'll never leave you. Hallelujah. He said, you came to Zion, the city of God, heavenly Jerusalem. Who's the first inhabitant? So many angels, they can't be counted. Next verse. To the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, who are written in heaven, and then God. We're in a different city. Say, well, boy, I see a lot of corruption. I, you know, I don't know what Ohio politics are like, but there are stories in the South, folks. There are stories. People don't talk about them a lot, but there, there was tremendous corruption in the South. And uh, any of you that have studied the Civil War, not everybody who came to the South came to help when they were busted down. Uh, some bad stuff happened in the aftermath of war. Does this shock you? I'm going to tell you, it has always been that way. It's no different now than it was way back when. Babylon has never been a safe place for people. Never. He said, you have come to God and to the spirits of just men made perfect. I think we have another slide. I don't know if that depiction will work. Sister Tracy is just the next one. Maybe I already showed it. That's okay. There we go. You're a chosen generation. I tried to find pictures that would match what I was imagining and I couldn't. I did the best I could there. But what he's saying is, you may not feel like you're part of a city. But you are. And it's going to become more and more obvious that we don't fit here. We just don't fit. 
because we're marching to a different beat. We have a different commander in chief. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important to be full of the Holy Ghost and not anger and fear and cursing and fury because you know where that comes from. Hallelujah. Everyone say amen. Verse 24, you can just stay there, Sister Tracy of Hebrews says, The spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, he ends it up. That's what's in the city. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, why would they say that? Because do you know how cruel Nebuchadnezzar was? Do you remember when Daniel went to him and said, You've got to repent. You have got to repent. There's a watcher that's been watching you and you have a lot of innocent blood on your hands. Oh, king, I beseech you because do you remember the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had of the tree that was cut off, of wandering like a beast with no reason, growing talons, losing your mind for seven years? And then Nebuchadnezzar came back from it and said, I acknowledge there's nobody like God. And the Lord restored his kingdom to him. That man became a convert. And the Lord said, this is as good as it's going to get on the face of the earth. A kingly man who acknowledged me. Count on your hand the number of leaders in any civilization at any time in history that have ever done what Nebuchadnezzar did and wrote about it. Not a one of them. None of them. Not the great warriors, not the great politicians, none of them. No wonder the Lord said, this kingdom will be the head of gold and everything after it will be less. Babylon is not Zion. He said, Jesus is the juxtaposition. Jesus did not come with a whip and preaching hellfire and brimstone. He talked about it. He said the end is coming, but he did not try to force people, get down on your knees. He said, I came to seek and save. I came to undo, steal, kill, destroy. I came to undo manipulation, intimidation. There is no comparison between the lamb that's on Mount Zion and line up any world leader you want to. Name them. I won't, I won't name. I could name a few. From the greatest leaders of their people, you and I just didn't see what was going on behind closed doors. Politics demands compromise. And a lot of times they call it sleeping with the enemy or dancing with the devil or making decisions between the devil and the deep blue sea. And it's all to protect the image that I am the messianic figure. I'm going to save this country. I'm going to save. Nobody can save but Jesus. With all the promises people make. Hear, O Israel, our Lord God is one. And thou shalt have no other gods before me. I with you, I believe that democracy is the best system on the face of the earth. But it's still man-made. Did God use it? Yes. I love my country. This is not my home. I love my country. I'm not going to stay here. 
I love the people here. We are here to seek and save that which is lost. But I want to tell you that Jesus is not in Babylon, not setting up his kingdom there. His kingdom is in Mount Zion. When two of us agree as touching anything, his kingdom is being born again of the water and the spirit. That is not Babylon. We are citizens of another country. Now verse 3, Revelation 18 and 3 says, All the nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Whoa, that is a mouthful. So I said, what is the difference in what people Babylon drinks wine and it describes what kind of wine it is the wine of wrath of fornication now that doesn't sound like those two words should go together wrath and fornication so you know what I did you know I looked it up because I couldn't understand it I just didn't know what it meant in Babylon the wrath of fornication is an underlying rage which drives idolatry I'm not going to bow my knee to God I'm going to create something else I don't need God this is why I understand why Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon because the entire Babylonian system is built on the power that you glean from money or position or influence do you know how people project who's going to win the elections in the United States? Anybody know? Show me the, the money. That's right. Show me the money. You say, well, doesn't the Lord have anything to do with it? Absolutely. Whoever gets in there, God will use. I'm talking about the way men make decisions to move power. I wonder if how many of the people in the world that are billionaires have met together to make decisions about what they're going to do about this global economy. Do you think there have been meetings? You and I can't even think, I can't even think on the scope and the level of what power can do to people who can just pick up a phone and say, and it's done. I, you know, I feel good to get the laundry done. I'm talking, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's the difference. In Babylon, it's who you know and what you have. And in Zion, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. To do what? To be a witness. I can tell you what Jesus did for me. It can't be bought. It can't be sold. He is the best thing that ever happened. And somewhere out there, there might be somebody saying, I'm so tired of the system. So you know what they do? They start destroying things and they're participating in the same system they're trying to destroy. Do you think the devil cares who's fighting whom as long as people are fighting? Do you think he cares who's stealing from whom as long as people are stealing? Do you think he cares who's killing whom as long as people are killing? We have to see beyond that and above it all I see Jesus saying come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden. So Babylon has got this wine 
The Bible says it's wine. She's intoxicated with this anger. Now, I looked up fornication. Let me tell you what it means. It means idolatry. That means creating anything not God and then bound down to it. You can do that with sports. You can do it with American Idol. They even call it American Idol. You can do it with your image. You can do it with a house. You can, you can worship so many things not God. All of us can do it. And he said, Babylon created all this stuff. Fifty years ago, it was something else. Everybody was gaga over. Styles change and fashions change. And you know why they do? Because you need to go out and buy the next new thing. Now that kind of has crashed because people are like, I don't need that. I'm not buying nothing. And then COVID has turned everything upside down because I don't even want to go out to eat. I don't know if you people are clean. But I'm telling you that Babylon is going to answer that problem. Babylon's going to find a solution to get us back on track. Because Babylon operates by one thing underneath it all. What is it? Money. That's why the Lord said you can't serve me and serve mammon. So it said here, idolatry and then all sexual immorality and perversity. And it went to list and name it. I'm not going to do that. But that's what it meant. It meant that Babylon is the place where people dream up all kinds of immorality. All of it has its home right there. Then it says, she, all the nations have drunk of the wrath in her rage, in her fury. You see, where's that rage coming from? I will not bow my knee to God. I will not bow my, I will not. We will find a way around him. You say, well, that's kind of ridiculous. You think they're consciously doing it? Nope, there's a spirit. You know who's underneath it? The same one that was thrown from heaven to earth in a great rage. So it stands to reason that the emotion his followers exhibit most often is what? Rage and anger. It says all of these nations, that means every person on the face of the earth whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life is participating in this system. You say, I won't do it. If you don't have Jesus on the inside, this is a system that was designed to capture souls, working on the outside, and we have to be able to open our eyes. Let me put it to you like this. When Jesus said, watch and pray, what he meant was keep your eye open to what's going on so you can see what's happening on earth. But if you want to know what's going on in heaven, you've got to pray. You've got to do both. I've got to watch, but I I've got to pray because I know that God is going to triumph. You say, why do I need to know this? Because we need to get ready for our departure. Hallelujah. Every nation and king has been saturated and immersed. Okay, so what is a nation? It's all the peoples of the earth. What is a king? All the leaders. Everybody has participated in this because Babylon has demanded it. Do you remember what Nebuchadnezzar did on the plains of Duma? He said, I am the big cheese. It's been done before. When I play the music, bow to me. You say, well, no one has done that. Any time that we give space 
to a spirit or a principality or a power. We are bowing ourselves to something other than God. Do you say, are you saying that we can't sin? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about feeling the pressure to compromise, to give in, to say, well, I can't worship. I don't. Every time you feel that way, that's when you've got to raise your holy hands without wrath and doubting and say, I believe you, Jesus. Let's just do it right now. Hallelujah. We're not part of it. We're in it, but we're not of it. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. The nations, the kings, and the merchants. Tell me how many television shows you can watch without a commercial. How many times do they fire it to you? How many commercials in a 30-minute program? So what's the bottom line? I'm trying to create a need for you to get something that you may not want. And the ready, handy-dandy dicer slicer, bless his heart, if he won't, the Ronco ready. He said, I won't buy it on the first time, but by the 15th, I'm kind of like, maybe I might need that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not saying you can't buy things you need. I hope you understand that. I'm telling you that there is a system that's going to come down because it has abused and used people and made merchandise of them when Jesus came to seek and save, and he's going to put his foot down. I want to be gone when he does. Amen. Zion, however, has a different drink. Acts 2, 14 through 18. Sister Tracy, let's just pull that up. Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, listen to me and hearken to my words. These aren't drunk. That would be a Babylonish thing to do, to get drunk even at 9 o'clock in the morning. He said, if they're not drunk, they're not drunkards. Verse 16, but this is that spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. He said, this is a baptism. This is new wine. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. They're going to magnify the Lord. Say, well, Sister Shostra, I don't hear much of that. Now, we need to praise the Lord even more. Sing when you wake up in the night, because you know what's going on while we're singing? The world is cussing and infuriated. And you know what d touches the heart of God from every little corner where his name is named? There's a group of people saying, Jesus, I love you because you cared. I couldn't imagine if you weren't there and pastor preached on thanksgiving in every corner where people are angry because I didn't have this and you don't know how I was raised there is a group of people with my hands lifted up and my mouth filled with praise we are not Babylon we're not there but the Bible said we wrestle against spirits and powers and principalities so what we're doing right now is when you feel like all hell's come loose against you you just push back and say I don't belong to this system I'm part of Mount Zion I'm part of Zion see yeah but I'm scared about some things we go to God we come to the throne of mercy let's go on this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. Daughters prophesy. Young men see visions. They don't see violence. 
They don't take up arms. They're not throwing rocks and shooting guns. He said they're getting a vision of something that's coming. And old men dream dreams. Now here's the next thing that happens in the fourth verse of that 18th chapter. This is kind of amazing to me. Because the Lord, here we are sitting, studying the book of Revelation on a Wednesday night, which is a heavy topic. I hope it won't affect you like too much food before you go to bed. Where you'll be sitting up. And on the other hand, it may inspire us all to get out our Bible and say, I need to figure out some more about this. I want to be ready. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Verse 4. Right in the middle of that 24 verses, he says, I heard another voice. Come out of her, my people. Whoa. Now, you know what I thought about that? I thought, well, he's been saying that from the beginning. Come out. He said it when the Jews were living in Babylon. Don't forget yourself. Don't assimilate. Don't forget that you're a Jew. Don't forget Jerusalem. Daniel prayed three times a day so he wouldn't forget it. David sang about it. I can't forget. I, this is not my home. Jerusalem is my home. And here he says again at the end, come out. Why? So you don't partake of her sins. Do not get involved in the lifestyle of Babylon so that you don't get involved in her plagues. And there's another scripture. And I want Sister Tracy to put that one up real quickly. Because this is not the first time you've heard this. 2 Corinthians 6 and 17 says... Come out from among them and do what? Be separate, saith the Lord, and do what? Touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. He said, watch yourself in this hour. Don't let Babylon say, but I'm worried about the COVID. I'm going to tell you something. God's got the COVID in his hand. Got it in his hand, folks. I'm telling you the truth. See, Sister Showstrand, but you don't have it. I don't know if the Lord will allow me to get the COVID. I pray not. I stay away from you. I don't want to give you any cooties. But I can't say, I can't say what God will or won't do. I just know he said he'd never leave me. He's got this. Hallelujah. Then I want you to look at verse 5. He said, I'm getting ready to separate you from this system. I have felt a stranger in my country for a long time. Am I the only one? This is not the America I remember growing up. I will tell you this. I probably had an idealistic view of it even then. But there's so much wickedness going on now. I don't even have to think about then. I'm just overwhelmed by the stuff that's happening now. I've never seen anything like it. Is there anybody who feels like me? I have no idea. I'm just like, it's pitiful. This world is not my home. He said, her sins have reached heaven. This is a different kind of tower, folks. It's a tower of sin. He said, God has remembered. It's gotten bad enough that it's hit whatever atmosphere level. He said, God remembers. Then he says, reward her as she rewarded you. Well, some of you don't feel persecuted by the world. But you know what that means? 
it means that we're part of a group of just innocent people that other people have taken advantage of. You don't know to what extent we've been taken advantage of. Because the Lord supplies our needs. So he just doesn't let us see. And I am not a conspiracy theorist. Please hear me. There are a lot of them out there. I can't listen to them. But the Bible said, I want you to reward her as she has rewarded you. So somebody has been hurt by this Babylonian system. And double unto her, double according to her works. In the cup which she's filled, all the stuff that this system has imposed upon people and the injustices and the unkindnesses and the lack of mercy and the wrongdoing, he said, I want you to give her double. The world system, say the world system. You don't know what's been going on in North Korea, but God does. There have always been dictators and strong, and God's like, I've been keeping track. I see every starved child. I see what's going on. I know what's happening. I'm keeping track. And then it says this in verse 7. How much she has glorified herself, lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. She said three things. And this is the attitude of Babylon. I'm going to stop here. I'm a queen. I'm rich and I rule. I'm a queen. I have power and authority. Nobody tells me what to do. Are you hearing that? I'm a queen. Now, Zion just said he's made us kings and priests. But no king and priest of the Lord walks around and says, I got the power. Our leader was a lamb, a servant. The attitude of this Babylonian hour is self-glorification. It's all about me. The attitude of Zion is servanthood, self-denial, humble. If we suffer with him, what do you say? We're going to reign with him. And he said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And then he said, not by might, nor by power. Oh, there have been things I've seen even in school with our little old kids. I will never forget this woman that used to come to the church. And if I told you her first name, you'd remember her. Her grandchild had juvenile diabetes so bad that that little girl had been hospitalized. And they wouldn't let that child make her work up right here in Licking County. She was only in the third grade. So you know what that meant? That meant that she was going to fall behind while all the other kids were going on learning their multiplication tables. This little girl was going to wind up. Do you know what that does to a child in the next year and the next year? The likelihood of her graduating with every year that she falls behind? You say, well, the Lord doesn't care about that. Oh, wrong again. His eye is on the sparrow. And he watches. He cares intimately about our lives. And so pastor, with this grandmother, a grandmother in this church came and said, Pastor, my little granddaughter, she's struggling. She's been so sick. They even had to put her in the hospital with this diabetes. And they won't let her make up the work. And there's a law about that. 
Do you know that? Who knew that in a little town like Newark, Ohio, even though there's a federal law on the books that guarantees that every child with a disability will have the help he or she needs, and they had to make a law. Do you know why? Because in Babylon, you just do what's convenient. There's no empathy. There's no feeling. It's A to B to C to D, what's quickest, fastest, most cost-effective. The pastor said that's a violation of the law of the land. And he went with that little grandmother, and she has since passed. And he went with that little grandmother and said, I'm sorry, but this is what the law says. And you know what's even worse? They knew what the law said. Does this shock you that in this city, that a little girl, if there hadn't been somebody from Mount Zion who said, he's a God of righteousness and a God of justice, and you can't do that to a little child who doesn't have a mother or a father advocating. I'm telling you right now, I am so thankful that even though we live in these troubled times, I serve God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I can stay feel the feelings of infirmities and compassion for people. He didn't have to do that. He could have just said to that grandmother, well, well now, I'm so sorry, I can't help you. But he involved himself. Where'd you get that? I follow a shepherd. His name is Jesus. We have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but who was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. I'm so thankful that in these end times where cruelty abounds in hatred, I still see Jesus at Calvary saying, come unto me. I still see the blood. I am stirred up. I'm stirred up because I see people in the name of justice doing all kinds of injustices and cruelty and unkindness. That little girl is a sparrow. I don't know where she is now. I don't know if she ever graduated. She may have been so sick. She might have passed. But I think it meant something. I think it meant something to say, I'll go with you. Why? Because, because God so loved the world that he gave. Would you lift your hands right now, Lord? Don't let us become so hard because iniquity abounds. Let us remember who bled and died on Calvary. Hallelujah. Mercy was there and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. You are getting ready to see a beast come forth where the only thing, the only personal thing they want to know about you is what is your number. I've had to make some appointments. I'm sure my pastor had to do it for Bishop Joe Strand. The first thing they say is tell me their birth date. Would you like to hear their name? Birth date. I declare there's probably an actuarial table somewhere 
where they're already figuring out life expectancy and what they can expect and because they're moving with a system that in the ultimate end is going to fall because of a rock that was hewn from the mountain. I'll be honest, when I see injustice, I get so mad I could just fight like a tiger that I have to remember Jesus already paid the price. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Lord, I'm asking you to baptize us with open eyes and let us see the hour that we're in. I pray your kingdom come and your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I pray, Lord, that you would stir our hearts. We are just on the cups, cusp of leaving a system that is doomed for destruction. But before we go, God, before we go, let there be an ingathering of everything. We are not part of this system. We do not rage. We do not shake our fists, but we go to our knees. I want you to lift your hands in whatever your prayer request is right now. The Bible said make supplications and prayers for all men. If you've got unsaved children, I want you to ask the Lord right now. God, we're praying that you would touch and fill and save and renew and deliver and heal. You are a healer. Hallelujah. We know your great name. Hallelujah. It is the name of Jesus. And there may be demons full of every place in Babylon. But we know that even demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Would you just stand and worship with me just for a moment. I want you to lift your hands.